Hello, and welcome back onto the Pathology Grand Tour Bus. Today's stop is hematopathology, the science and medicine of blood. I'm Michael Schubert, and joining us to talk about their discipline are Akanksha Gupta, a hematopathologist at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and Rashmi Kanagal Shimana, a hematopathologist, molecular pathologist, and associate professor at MD Anderson Cancer Center. Let's find out what a day in the life of a hematopathologist is like and learn why Rashmi and Akanksha are so dedicated to their work. It's great to have you both here today. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Pathology Grand Tour. Let's just start with a question about your life. Tell us about your life and how you ended up in the field of hematopathology. Uh, either one of you is welcome to begin. Hi, Michael. This is Akanksha Gupta. Um, I am so glad uh, to finally meet you, to finally meet Rashmi. And I am honored to be here. Um, to start, I mean, I want to take you to the journey that my life has been. Um, when I was little, like uh, when I was uh, in uh, my school, uh, right from then, I used to ask myself, what is my purpose in life? What am I meant for? And uh, right from the beginning, I understood that my purpose is in giving. I, I wanted to give more. I used to give candies to the kids. I used to give uh, things to orphanages. Long, thing, long story short, um, I, I always thought that this is what I wanted to do. When I had to ask myself, I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, I started my medical school. And um, then after I... Uh, like there was a question uh, while my medical school, what you want to be uh, and why pathology? I used to love pathology. I was I used to really, really love pathology. Um, that's that's the reason I chose pathology for for the for the residency. Um, while doing my residency, um, I my, met my husband, my darling husband. <laughs> uh, I met my husband and he was coming for, um, uh, we both were planning to come to US. We both came to US. I did my residency again in United States. And while doing residency, again, there was a question what subspecialization it would be. And as soon as I thought, I mean, I don't even have to think about it because right from my initial days in residency, I used to love hematopathology. This, this is a subject that I wanted to choose since forever. And I think this is the subject that I came in United States to learn more because there are more advances in United States in hematopathology than anywhere. So uh, here I am uh, doing hematopathology, um, doing the mind boggling and the most fascinating job that I could. I joined the fellowship in Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and this was the best decision I made. Um, and here you go. That's great. Thank you. Uh, Rashmi, what about you? Uh, thanks, Michael. Again, uh, that was a nice story, Akansha. And, and it's great to meet you, uh, Michael and Akansha. Thank you so much for inviting me here. Again, it's an honor. So uh, I did, uh, similar to Akansha, uh, I did my med school back in India. Uh, in Bangalore from St. John's Medical College. And then I moved to Cleveland uh, on a master's and PhD program. Uh, I was working in the lab of Dr. Marina Antok at the Cleveland Clinic. And uh, during that time, uh, during my med school even, I, I think one of these uh, lines, it really uh, kind of uh, uh, fascinated me. This is, I think uh, it was Morgadney who said that it is only the knowledge of pathology that enables us to 
design rational therapies that can best heal the patient. And, and it's amazing that this was back in the 1700s or, or, or whatever. And, and that exact line is so relevant now with the precision medicine era. And, and I, I think that phrase really captured me when I was reading uh, Robbins. And so, that, I mean, my only option was to get into pathology. And during my residency, of course, I was exposed to several subspecialties, but HEMPAC was always at the forefront for me because um, it kind of, it, it provides this unique perspective where it can, where you can immediately translate what you see on morphology with the genomic imprint. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's always been at the forefront of precision medicine too, right? Back, back in 2001, for to target the B-cerebro-positive CML. So, so it kind of... Uh, always uh, fascinated me and and of course the the op ability to integrate multiple modalities like the flow cytometry cytogenetics molecular genetics and and to provide those layers to understand the disease actually and and to provide the real picture of the disease to our oncologists and patients it, it really fascinates me and of course i wouldn't do justice if I didn't say, uh, if, if I didn't thank my teachers uh, back in my residency program. I also had the opportunity to work with my current chair, Dr. Medeiros, back when I was doing my residency at Henry Ford Hospital. And I think they all, they kind of enticed me into this field and, and encouraged me and supported me, inspired me. And, and I'm so glad I chose this. In addition to HEMPAC, I'm also trained in molecular pathology. And I think, uh, this combination is it's it's it, it's it's just been wonderful uh practicing that uh every day that's so great to hear and it's so great to hear that it's been so fulfilling for you so now that you both are hematopathologists can you walk us through a day in the life what does your day at work look like so i'll start again um as i said hematopathology is my passion and I'm so excited to come at work. Uh, as soon as I come, I, I dive into the cases that I have. I look into the cases I have. I quickly call the physicians uh, if at all needed in those cases to tell the, the important aspects of the case and the important aspects of the diagnosis so that they can start treating the patients right away. Um, hematopathology kind of gives me satisfaction that I seek in my life. Um, for the day in as as a day as a hematopathologist, I have personalized my day, curated my day in a special way that makes me feel that I made use of the day best possible way. I, I actually recently started a flow cytometry study group, and uh, as soon uh, we have like more than two hundred people internationally, more than one hundred fifty people nationally who want to learn flow cytometry together. So as soon as I come to my department, once I'm done with getting the feel and quickly looking at my cases, I have a one hour session of flow cytometry. And we all, all, all the people throughout the world, we sit together, learn for flow cytometry together. And this is, this is the best thing that of, this is the best uh, day of part of my day, actually. Uh, then after I look at my cases, uh, uh, as I said, I inform the hematopathologist when, uh, when I need to uh, when I need to uh, answer the questions and uh, tell them the diagnosis. Um, I kind of, it's very interesting to look at the cases. They are very challenging at times. You have to order so many rounds of immunohistochemistry to come to a diagnosis. Um, it becomes really, really interesting. Um, so I just started my, my um, 
a new job and uh, I, I finished my fellowship and it was challenging at initial times. I was, uh, it was hard for me to finish the whole, the cases throughout the day. It was so mind boggling. And the part was that I had to leave, definitely leave for home at five because I had to pick my kid at 5.30. So what I did was I brought my microscope, like I bought a microscope, computer, oil, lenses, everything. And I used to start looking at slides at home. This was a norm in, in the COVID era. So that, that was to my, to my um, advantage. And I used to wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning. I used to work in the weekends to finish the cases right then and to give the patients the diagnosis as soon as possible so that their treatment can start as soon as possible. Um, but then, then after once uh, I got settled in my new job, now I feel that I'm more settled. I, we started the learning part, the teaching part of the flow cytometry. Uh, we started writing books. Now we now have written two books in hematopathology. Uh, we did the hematopathology book club that was with 1,000 people throughout the world. Uh, we are still writing many more books, and this is this is what fascinates me much more in hematopathology to learn, to teach, and then to practice. I have to say, I'm thrilled to hear that you're so dedicated to your patients that you'll take your work home, that you'll work at three o'clock in the morning, that you'll buy your own microscope. I think that really sheds a light on how much pathologists care about patients and that it's not just a behind the scenes discipline. Um, but I'm also very glad that you now have a job that doesn't require that kind of commitment from you. <laughs> uh, Rashmi, how about you? What does your day at work look like? Sure. I also wanted to commend uh, Akansha for her dedication. Very impressive, Akansha. And, and trust me, it's going to get better. And we all get yes. the learning curves. And, and the effort you put in, it never goes wasted because uh, these things, extra effort that you added, will always come to help you around. Completely agree. I completely like learn with all the cases that I have. There are so small intricacies. You keep on learning and learning. That's really fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So to answer Michael's question, yes. So, so I, I'd like to phrase it like it's. I just don't feel it like work at all. Uh, it, it's just amazing being a hematopathologist. It's. I always come excited to work, and and uh, I don't want to uh, repeat what Akansha say, but for me, it's all about communication, right? It's, you know what they say, how they say it takes a village to raise a child. It's, it's along the same line. It takes a whole team to plan, a management, uh, 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 approach for, a, for any particular patient. It's, it's a multidisciplinary team. And as hematopathologists, we have a big say here because our diagnosis essentially dictates the treatment plan and our prognostic biomarkers kind of uh, uh, provides a risk stratification and maybe even targets for therapy. So the communication is, is key. Communication should be timely as well. So, uh, and, and I am fortunate at MB Anderson because this is so effortless. Our fellows, our technologists in the lab are so open to communication and they respond and, and, and they do their best to deliver what's whatever information is available. The same with our uh, oncology colleagues, our nurse practitioners and PAs, they are so open to communication. So it never feels like work. And if, even when the when there is a challenging diagnosis or 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 to or if 
if there's a questionable diagnosis, nobody hesitates to walk over, to sit across the scope and learn from the slides. Uh, uh, I really mean the uh, uh, people from uh, uh, other disciplines even, they come over and, and, and to view these unexpected findings. And, and that really provides the satisfaction that you need and, and it kind of motivates you to keep going. So, and, 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 and again, I cannot emphasize enough that how everyone kind of does everything possible to expedite the results. Like, as you mentioned, Michael, people think that pathology is behind the walls, that we are completely unaware of what's happening to the patient, but that's absolutely not the case, right? So we, I mean, when we look through the clinical notes, because we always have to interpret the the findings of say bone marrow in the clinical context, we, 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 we go through the notes, we know the patients, especially if they are from international places, we know they are paying for their stay here just, and, and we do everything possible not to keep them waiting for the diagnosis. And we have our, uh, even our NGS studies, we have a prelim NGS where we kind of issue certain key gene results just so they can plan for the clinical trials if needed. And and I, I do remember just last week, one of my uh, bone matter tech, uh, she walked over from one building to the other. She hand, she hand delivered a slide to me just so I could finalize the report before the weekend. And the, the you know, now the patients are able to view their results immediately. And, 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 and I think everybody here is so invested. I'm sure it's pretty much the case in any pathology department across the world. And I think uh, this has been uh, the wonderful experience. That's great. And it's so great to hear about teams working closely together across disciplines. And it's something that doesn't necessarily happen everywhere. And some of that is potentially because people don't understand the nature of pathology or of hematopathology. Uh, can either of you tell me a little bit, what do you think is the biggest misconception about hematopathology, either among all lab professionals or among healthcare professionals in general? Well, um, as Rashmi said, um, we, we do our best to expedite and actually more than best to expedite the results to, to the patients, to the clinicians, so that the treatment can be started. However, to me, I think uh, people sometimes think that when a specimen goes to hematopathology, it takes some or maybe long time for completion, but they are not aware of the preparations of the workup and everything that we need to do for that particular case. For example, if a hemhemat case comes, it has to go for flow cytometry there has to be fixing, processing, cutting of the tissues. Once it comes to our, our, our desks uh, for microscopy, we have to order immunohistochemistry, sometimes rounds and rounds of immunohistochemistry. It has to go for cytogenetics. It has to go for molecular assessment. All of this takes time. Um, it cannot be done in few hours. Sometimes, I mean, there are some rush cases and uh, there is an expectation that there, there should be an answer within few hours. We try our best, like we, we expedite those cases. We tell our, our flow techs, that flow cytometry techs, that you have to really expedite this case. They do that and we give them the answer, at least for the flow cytometry. And if the morphology is out at that time, we try to give them as soon as possible. But again, this integrated picture, this integrated approach, everything, it takes time. So that's what I believe that the biggest misconception is it takes a long time for completion, which, which actually requires a lot of amount of work. It requires million stains. It requires a lot of thinking. And that's why 
it, it takes time to reach to the diagnosis. The second misconception I believe is uh, amongst uh, the healthcare professionals in general is uh, they think that the pathologists, they just sit in the basement and play with test tubes. That's not correct. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's the, the biggest misconception that everyone in pathology, in, in outside of pathology has. Um, I believe that we actually handle, run, and read one of the most sophisticated tests in the medicine world. Uh, we have to deal with the complexities of each and every case very often. And I believe pathologists have to start being vocal being vocal about how much effort they make to make the correct diagnosis, how many things they have to do, how many how many modalities they have to do. And as Rashmi said, everything comes together. Like it's a teamwork. There, there has to be the flow techs that are, that are working the, the, their best. There has to be the histotechnicians or the, the lab that has to work their best to bring out the case as fast as possible. Everything works together. We are not, we are, and we are very vocal. I mean, we are very vocal, but we need to be, and in fact, in Twitter, we, we are, we are really very active, but we need to tell that we are not just the basement people. We are not just playing with test tubes. We are, we are dealing with the most complex scenario here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more as well. Uh, some people believe we are non-clinical. I, I mean, I don't know what that means. I mean, everything we do is clinical and everything we provide is for the patient care. So, so uh, that's that I do agree that that's a misconception. And just to add to what Akansha already said, I mean, this is a very cerebral process, right? Uh, people tend to think that, okay, you send a specimen for biopsy and a report is generated based on, it, it's not, it's, it's not black and white. It's a very cerebral process that it's a disease. I mean, it's a cancer, obviously. It's, it's, it's a very complex disease. And I think, I do think that uh, forums like this would be, uh, are very good opportunities like to actually communicate to the world what goes on in pathology. You know, once the biopsy is done, what it's a walk through, okay, what happens to the, the biopsy? How many people are involved? What are the tests that are uh, done? I mean, how many complex assays are performed? And, um, and also to communicate that everything may not be black and white. There may be ultimately these complex cases where this is the best clinical judgment bit per the hematopathologist. So I think I, I, I think these uh, forums like these are extremely helpful. And also now uh, that the patients are able to actually read the reports immediately, I think we should use, this is a good opportunity for us to perhaps uh, incorporate some uh, language of what uh, the results mean overall. Uh, so that way, uh, this actually generates interest and curiosity among the patients and family members about pathology leading to further education. Yeah, definitely. Um, patient education and interaction is such a big part of care and it's such a clinical part of care. It's mm -hmm. clear that pathologists who are engaging in this are not non-clinical. I totally agree. I mean, everything we do is patient centric. So th that's something that we need to kind of highlight. Mm -hmm. I cannot agree with that more. Patient centric is my next model. So, so you've said before that you work across disciplines and you work closely with other healthcare professionals like oncologists. Um, 
what do you think is good about the way you work with other disciplines right now? And is there anything you'd like to change or improve about how you work together? So I think Rashmi very well explained how we kind of um, work with everyone in concordance with everyone. Um, we work very closely to the hematologist, to the oncologist. We um, Many a times we have to inform them the patient's diagnosis, as I mentioned, right away. And the treatment has to be started right away. For example, if I give the example of acute promyelocytic leukemia, uh, we, we see the morphologic features, we see the features by flow cytometry, and we can hint the patients that, hint the, hint the hematologist, oncologist, that they can start treating with the atra therapy right away. And that might actually save the life of the patient because of the urgent and emergent treatment. So that's so important. Communication, as, as uh, uh, Rashmi said, communication becomes a very, very important part of our lives. And uh, we work very closely to the hematologist, oncologist. We work as a team. Uh, many a time, the, uh, the hematologist, they will tell us this is a rush case. It has to be rushed, and we will do that. As, as soon as we can, we'll, we'll be telling the hematologist that this is what I feel is the correct thing. Um, also, we like we we want to tell them that we are we are for them we are for them at every step of the treatment throwing the light on the diagnosis throwing the light on the prognosis finding cellular molecular targets with the help of targeted therapy they can start their treatments uh, telling the oncologist that acute leukemia went into remission with their particular induction therapy or else giving them the dreaded news that it is still residual disease despite of the induction therapy so everything is kind of integrated and uh, complete approach for, the, for your next question, I would think, um, um, if at all, I mean, the only thing, and it's not the only thing, the most important thing for us to know is the clinical history and clinical information that they provide us. Many a times what happens is there are notes that they have written. Sometimes they are not in the system. Sometimes, sometimes I mean, at many places, it is very well channelized. At Sloan Kettering, we used to have a big, big note from the hematopathologist that was very well channelized. But many places, they are not channelized. The people have to dig, like the pathologists have to dig into the EPIC, into their, uh, into their systems. Sometimes it takes like 30, 40 minutes for us to digging and searching for the clinical information just to make sure that nothing is missed. Uh, so that we can make an integrated approach so that we can think and never miss the most important piece of the puzzle. So that's that's what I believe that if they give us the best clinical information, uh, the complete picture from right outset, that would help much more for us to not miss that important piece of the puzzle. I agree uh, with everything you said, Akansha. I, I, I also think our uh, uh, we also work very closely with our Himonk here and, and Thea. They're pretty savvy and they understand the uh, the importance of our uh, diagnosis and, and they reach out to us and provide any additional information that could help with our diagnosis. And I think continuing to do the same would be a, an absolutely great strategy to uh, 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 improve uh, our, uh, uh, you know, team approach or patient-centric approach. And in addition, I, I completely agree. For example, uh, a lot of patients are on, enrolled on clinical trials uh, at MD Anderson. I'm sure that's the case with Sloan Kettering as well. So sometimes just things, little things even, for example, NGS would take at least 48 to 72 hours for, say, P53 mutation. And, and they could, I mean, this is what they, some of 
some of them try to do. So they just notify us that, you know, P53 status is really important. And we can actually just order a 24-hour turnaround immunohistochemicals. Tain, which would be a surrogate assay, but pretty accurate, you know, to help enrolling that patient right away. So, so there are several uh, uh, things that we can do to help them. And, and I think just communication is the key for all of those. And, and I think one unique thing about HEMPATH is the follow-up, right? Unlike some of the other specialties, uh, I, I wouldn't say absolutely not, but in some cases, uh, it, the baseline diagnosis is what matters. But I think in HEMPATH, not just at baseline, you have regular bone marrow follow-ups to assess remission. Uh, and I think uh, that makes it extra, uh, I, I think that makes the specialty extremely, uh, th that it needs that collaboration, that it needs that communication between different teams uh, for it to be, uh, uh, you know, ideal. Just a couple more questions here. Uh, based on what you've said so far, what advice would you give to people who are interested in a career either in pathology generally or specifically in hematopathology? Well, I love this question of yours. I want to tell them, pursue your passion. I want to tell them, choose a speciality, go with your heart, ask yourself what field will make them the happiest, which book they cannot stop reading. What do they like the most? Uh, for example, I'll give you some examples of people who are passionate in pathology. They are so passionate that this, they, they, incorporate their, their pathology into their path arts. For example, Leone makes crunchies and postcards and other things with the microscopic images. We know Dr. Mirza, he posts up in Twitter about the path art paintings that he has hung up in his walls. In fact, Dr. Crane, she she wears heme path skirts, which is so amusing. <laughs> so, I mean, in fact, my pathology my pathology program director, the hematopathology program director at MSK, Dr. Shen, she gave, she gave me a send-off gift as a mask that had printed Reed Sternberg cell of Hodgkin lymphoma in that mask. And I, I always cherish this, that mask. Where does this all zeal come from? That comes from the passion in the subject. That's what you need to excel in your field, to do the research that changes the game, to teach the subject with a shine in your eyes. That's the passion you should find and never leave it. When, that's what I would like to suggest the younger generation. I couldn't agree more. It, it's, uh, I mean, pathology, I think I, I, we have great experts on Twitter tweeting about this. I, I think medical students can graduate now, I think even without being exposed to this, this amazing field. And, and that's a real shame, actually. And I think if anyone is interested in pathology, I, I, but I think they, they have, they have to come rotate with us and then, uh, learn from us and see i mean we can certainly show them how amazing this field is and and we will encourage them and we'll support them to uh pursue their passion and and it, it's i think it's a hidden gem that uh more people need to come and explore i think in addition to our med students we should kind of look at our um school going kids uh i mean i i know kids start their biology by looking under a scope and and that would be the perfect time to introduce them to the blood cells and and you know something related to pathology and and make them aware right then and there what pathology is all about and how critical it is to uh medicine it would be great to start the pipeline that early um i think 
education and communication are key. And I think both of you have expressed that really well. So let me just ask you to sort of sum up in a sentence or two, if you could send one key message to other healthcare professionals about your discipline, what would you want them to know? You are in for a lot of fun. <laughs> well, that's what I would say. You are in for a lot of fun. You'll you'll be amused if you come to pathology. You will be even more amused if you come to hematopathology. You will love this field. As much as I am passionate about it, I know that it comes from the, the brainiac work that we have to do and you'll absolutely love it. Yeah, I also want to add, uh, uh, you will understand the disease better, right? You will uh, get to see the disease too. So I, I think that that adds that, that that's a very important component. Um, if to, uh, I mean, there are so many things you can pick up through a microscope, the morphology. I mean, no wonder we have different grading system. One could be just super well differentiated. And, and you know the patient does much better than those with undifferentiated type with p53 mutation so what what other specialty can offer that right it has its pathology the whole uh, you will know what you're treating so come and look at your disease is what i would add absolutely and i think that encapsulates so well why pathology is not just important for itself or for patients but also to every single healthcare discipline yeah, I've, I've personally seen uh, uh, sometimes, you know, when, when somebody reads the report uh, uh, and there's not enough description, the understanding they have versus somebody who's actually looked at it under the scope, it, it's it's just completely different. It could be the way that it's put, it put down in the report, but just the fact that you're able to see the disease, you can kind of infer, okay, this looks really bad. So some of the decisions I think could be helped what kind of treatment approach or does this patient need transplant? I think that that sort of additional layer uh, uh, the oncologist could capture from uh, our field. Yeah, I cannot agree more. I mean, um, jotting down those hematopathology reports in appropriate words that are not misunderstood by the clinicians, that are not misunderstood by the patients who are reading them, that requires a lot of thinking as to what you're going to write in there, how you're going to explain what you're thinking. Sometimes the reports are more than three pages, and we have to tell all the integrated approach that we took. We have to put a lot of things in those reports. So I believe that that's the most challenging part, in fact, that writing what you think and making sure that they understand what you think. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you both so much for all of that. And thanks so much for joining us for the Pathology Grand Tour. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Michael. It was so pleasure to talk with you. Um, I look forward to talking with you more. Mm -hmm. It's been wonderful to speak to you both. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.